everyone. Thank you for joining us online. We're excited to share what God is doing in our midst and want to keep you up to date with the following announcements. Lockdown is a time of prayer. Unity lies within the power to hear the same thing from God. Join us during this lockdown time to pray every morning at 6 only for 20 minutes on Zoom or on Monday nights for intercession from 8 to 9 p.m. Explore with us the book of Daniel every Tuesday morning from 6.30 till 7 a.m. We are discussing one chapter at a time with a week of exploring in between. Let's search the historical context and relevance of Daniel's prophecies together. Our ministry is funded by the generous giving of our members and friends. Kindly support this ministry by giving towards our course. Please help us to help those in need by giving towards our BodySurve account. Hey guys, I have the privilege of sharing the offering message today and I would like to read to you from 2 Corinthians 8 verses 12. And it is where Paul is speaking to the churches of Macedonia and yeah, just using them as an example of just the generosity with which they gave even when they didn't have very much. They gave what they had even though they were poor. And this might be a verse that many of you read before. Ed, my husband, has actually preached on this before but I read it again and was really encouraged by it because I feel like the the challenge and the encouragement of it still stands and it's something which we need to keep encouraging ourselves with. So 2 Corinthians 8 verses 12 says, For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man has and not according to that he has not. And it, with this, Paul is just encouraging us that Yes, we should have a willing mind and a willing heart with a generous spirit and with liberality and with a, yeah, with a generosity. It's not so much about the amount that we give, but asking ourselves why we give and how we give. God doesn't want us to give gifts grudgingly. He wants us to give them gladly. And... As Paul mentions in this piece of scripture, we should give as these churches gave. They gave out of a dedication to Christ, out of a love for their fellow believers, and for the joy of helping those in need. So I want to encourage you all with that today. Uh, we're not able to take up a physical offering today, but there are many ways that we can still give electronically or through church suite. Um, and I'd just like to say a quick prayer for us. Dear Father, um, yeah, thank you that we have so many encouraging words in the Bible that yeah, give us examples of generous giving, of willing giving. And we thank you, Lord, for all that we have, uh, whether it be a lot, whether it be a little. 
but thank you God that you call us each to give as you have given us the ability to give and may we just learn to grow in doing it with a willingness and with a generosity we pray God that you will bring that you will take what we bring to you which was yours to begin with and that you will multiply it for your kingdom and we pray this in Jesus name amen bye Good morning. It's amazing to spend some time with you. Uh, from me, Milani, and the rest of the family, we um, we want to thank you guys for even those of you that uh, came around and just said hi here at the, the front gate uh, or just waved. Um, we uh, we really appreciate you and we miss you. Uh, it's a time where um, yes, we have active rest and God is preparing our hearts. But we truly miss you and we miss what God is doing uh, when we are together. Um, I want to share a few things with you this morning that I really believe God wants to settle in our hearts. It's um, continuing on the path that, um, that I've been speaking about for weeks now. And uh, before we start, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful that you are looking after us, Father God, that each family has even a, a testimony, Father, of your faithfulness at this time. Father, we, we ask for your presence to be among us, that you will speak to us, that you will reveal your heart to us, that you will reveal your, your plans and purposes to us. Prepare us, Father God, for the season that you have in store for us. Father, I know that um, while we are in lockdown, you want to actually speak to us very intimately. And I pray that even our children, um, our spouses, our extended family, that everyone will at this time experience the blessing, Father, of time that we are spending with you and seeing it through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to continue on a subject that we started a few weeks ago about active rest and what does that mean? Uh, there's a few steps that I want to just um, mention that God will uh, bring to the fore for us and reveal to us in this time as we even take these um, principles into our small groups and start to speak about them and adjusting our lives accordingly. So, um, I know that some of you are sitting at home and you're frustrated at this moment. You feel, you know, that this frustration is actually terrible uh, sitting at home the whole time and this lockdown can just now finish. You know, if you can just get back to your normal routine, you may be even agitated with people that you are seeing every day um, that uh, you are bound to, that you must um, spend time with now. And, um, and even disorientated or disillusioned about what God is doing in your life right now. Um, I really believe this is a time of active rest, a time where, yes, God wants us to rest from our normal uh, doing, um, but He wants us to do it actively, pursuing Him, asking Him questions about uh, where we are going. And, um, and this week we had quite a, a fright in our own home, um, where one of our daughters even ha um, had to go to hospital and um, 
Yuh, those uh, times when you start to, to fight for life and you start to fight for um, the health of, of your children, then you again come to a place of reflection, a place of, um, of really considering what God is busy doing. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the morning uh, before it happened, we as the intercession team, um, or those who slot into intercession at six o'clock in the morning, um, specifically set our time to pray for our youth. And not having a lot of youth at this stage in the church already, um, we, uh, we prayed for specific um, uh, youth, um, and, and, and my daughter, daughters are, are one of, or a few of them. And, um, and so we, we prayed for them. We trusted God for what's happening in their lives. And we saw even pictures of an ark. Uh, we saw pictures of, you know, the times that um, the trains went out of London uh, to the rural settings during the war uh, to, to take the children to relatives so that they will be safe from the city bombarding. And, um, and God said to us that, you know, he's in perfect control of our youth, of the next generation. He's busy raising them up even in these times. Um, he's bringing them into an arc situation where he can speak into their lives and encourage them to become the people that, that God has called them to be. The people that will rule us tomorrow. Um, the leaders that will, will take us to the next level. And God is busy preparing them. And as we prayed it the, the morning, uh, one of the words even came out that, um, that God... You know, it's like when you go on a flight. Um, yes, I know some of you are longing just to get onto a flight to travel a little bit. Um, those of you that um, are real jet setters. Um, and, um, you know, being on a flight and then you need to trust the pilot. Even though there's turbulence, there's difficult circumstances and the, the airplane is going through clouds or storms. Um, you need to trust the pilot to get to your end destination. And God's saying, pray for the youth because I am the pilot and I will take them to, to their destination. And that same day, uh, this whole thing um, occurred. And um, Milani had to rush with um, one of our daughters to, to the hospital. And um, I was just reminded the whole time, did I not say trust the pilot? And uh, I want to say to you, in these times that we are living in, God says, trust the pilot. I'm in perfect control. And uh, there's three things actually that, um, that God is laying on my heart. The one is that in active rest, we must reassess. We must reassess and challenge the old ways that are, um, you know, in our lives and, you know, happened in our lives and even caused us to, to form certain habits that is not from him. Secondly, so it's the three R's. First, reassess. Secondly, repent. Repent of the things and get rid of the things that is not of God um, and that God don't want us to take into the next season. So first, reassess. Secondly, repent. And thirdly, reset. Uh, God wants us, thirdly, to reset, to see um, the need and opportunities that he has setting that he has installed for us and putting it in front of us now and wanting us to pursue them 
and to prioritize and commit our lives so that you know when we go to the next season now that we will be ready to to uh, to, to fulfill the promises that he has in our lives so reassess repent and reset um, all part of active rest the plan that god has for us at this time and i want to actually just read you um, out of the word of god in genesis 28 verse 10 to 19 um, is an account of jacob now we know that jacob at this time was um, running from his brother esau he um, he had you know he took the birthright of his brother he um, actually tricked him into uh, to taking his birthright and um, and then his mother actually encouraged him just to to flee so um, she said to him please go to from uh, Bathsheba to to Haran um, now Haran was also the place where Abraham came from so it was a well-known place and it was the place where Lot the family of um, and the relatives of of his family uh, lived uh, now we think it's it's a short journey but it's about 700 miles which is quite a long way and um, all the way going there or on the way going there uh, he got to a place um, one night that um, that God met with him and I want to so let me read Genesis 28 verse 10 to 19 so Jacob left Bathsheba and went toward Haran and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set taking one of the stones of the place he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep and he dreamed that behold there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached the heaven and behold the angels of God were ascending and descending on it and behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord, the God of Abram, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south. And in you, your offspring, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. The promise to his forefather Abram being reaffirmed, confirmed to him and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised you. So God just saying, I will keep my promises. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely, and, and this is now a wow moment in Jacob, um, realizing that this is holy ground. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. What is the house of God? The place of habitation for God, for God's presence, where God dwells. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of the city was Luz at this first. Um, and so, um, so we see this ladder, Jacob's ladder. Um, and um, it represents the blessings of God descending from heaven. Um, this is the part where the dream assured Jacob that his 
father, his forefather Abram, um, and the covenant that God made to to uh, them will be fulfilled. Uh, we also see that Jesus even um, in his ministry referred to this specific um, incident, and um, in John four or John one verse forty nine to fifty one, it says, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So Jesus confirming that, um, you know, God's um, blessing is bestowed upon him himself and that God's provision and, um, and favor is upon his life. So, so we know climbing Jacob's ladder even today in, in, in secular terms, you know, as uh, the ladder of success, the place where if you walk, if you go up the ladder of success, you move to a next level in, um, in wealth, even in, um, in positions and, uh, and, but this is specifically uh, a place where you meet God at a place where his favor is um, lavished over your life. So whenever we speak about climbing Jacob's ladder, it means that there's a place where God actually meets with us, a place where he um, comes to bestow his blessings upon us. And so this place, Bethel, which means house of God, is the place of God's habitation, the place where God meets us, meets Jacob, and he speaks into his life again. He reaffirms certain promises um, at, a, at a time where Jacob was actually very vulnerable. He was running away, was confused, and he didn't know what to do. And so he established these memorial stones um, that serves as a reminder for what God has done in his life. Um, and many times in the past, in the Bible, we've seen how God used these memorial stones as landmark or landmarks or important um, um, uh, 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 um, statues to, uh, to emphasize an important stage of development and relationship of God's relationship with these people. And also a turning point in the history of his relationship with maybe an individual. And so there's many such examples in the Bible um, that um, these um, memorial stones was erected by God's people to remind themselves. Uh, it also gave them the opportunity to strengthen their faith and, and also teach the future generations of what was learned or experienced um, in these encounters with God. And so 30 years later, um, Jacob repeated this solemn act in the same place. Um, that he was setting or raising this um, memorial stone. In Genesis 35 verse 14 it says, And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink of offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. So this was a custom of Jacob to make certain uh, memorial stones with God in times where God really met with him. His 
God even, um, you know, made with Abram the, the covenant of using his covenant name, Yahweh, as a memorial name um, so that it will be remembered forever, the encounter that he had with Abram. In Exodus 3 verse 15, it says, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Abram, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Mount Sinai, Moses built an altar of 12 stones as a memorial. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord has said. And he got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. So even 40 years later, as they crossed the Jordan, um, Joshua knew that that was the custom. He, um, he took uh, a stone and he put it on the other side of the bank of the Jordan. But he also put 12 stones in the river as was asked of God to, uh, to remind them of what God has done. That they've crossed, that they've moved into God's promises. That even for future generations it will be uh, known that God has done uh, great things in their midst. Joshua 4 uh, verse 4 to 11. And then also many years later we see that Joshua came back to the same place and he erected a large stone under the oak tree as a witness against the people um, if they should break God's laws. For it was there that he also gave the decrees and the laws. John, uh, Joshua 24 verse 26 to 27 says, And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to God. So um, a familiar thing that they've done, a place of encounter. And then also in 1 Samuel 7 verse 10 to 12, we see the prophet Samuel set up a memorial stone when uh, the Philistines um, attacked God's people. 1 Samuel 7 verse 10 to 12 says, While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were rooted before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mishpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them all along the way to the point below beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mespah and Shen. He, he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus for has the Lord helped us. Ebenezer literally means a stone of help, a stone of remembrance of God's help toward them, God's chosen people. And um, so many memorial stones that was erected for the testimonies of God's um, intervention in the lives of his people. And, and then we see the second dream of Jacob in Genesis uh, 32 verse 22 to 30. It says the same night, and this is now, um, maybe I should just give context here, again, um, Jacob is running from his brother. His brother is busy pursuing him. Um, and he's very much afraid of Esau coming against him. And it's in this night, uh, just before meeting his brother, 
that he um, again falls asleep and then God speaks to him. Verse 22. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his eleven children and crossed the fort of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that, that he had. And Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the break of day. When the man saw that the, he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So Jacob by now knows what it means to wrestle with God. He knows what a divine intervention from God and an intimate moment where it changed the course of destiny and purpose in your life means. And he fights for this blessing. He says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Unless you um, reaffirm the, the blessing upon my life. Verse 27, and he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Uh, reminding him of the purpose and destiny that God has through his offspring. Becoming the promise from Abram, the 12 tribes. For you have stri striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God's face uh, face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Now both cases of Jacob um, meeting God and dreaming, he ran from his brother Esau. Um, the threat of his identity and destiny. Remember, he tricked his brother and his brother is coming against him uh, for doing that. And he is so afraid for, for what he has done, even ashamed for what he has done in the past. Uh, meeting and wrestling with God gives us a direction that is needed um, to face the threats of our purpose and destiny. Um, you know, a place where we need to go and sit down with God, an active rest, a place where we need to consider uh, His ways and, um, and even deal with the shame of the past. In both cases, you see Jacob raised a memorial stone to, uh, to establish his faith, first of all, and also as a reminder for future generations. In both cases, also, it, um, there was a pivotal turnaround of destiny in Jacob's life. Maybe in your life, you need a place of destiny and purpose being reconfirmed and established in your life. In both these cases, we see a divine intervention that was pivotal to, to this experience that Jacob had with God. Some of us just need to have a divine moment with God and spend some real time with Him. In both cases, God blessed him and assured him of being with Him. And so we see in so many lives in the Word of God. Moses at the burning bush. Joseph that spends time in jail, reaffirming God's promise over his life. Paul at Damascus. Um, 
drastic changes that happens in the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, we don't try to perform anymore. In the presence of God, we don't look at our contribution because it is not merely enough. In God's presence, we don't even teach other people or judge other people because we just repent of our own wrongdoing and we can see it so clearly in His presence. In God's presence, we find perspective and our hearts are made light because we see perspective in our circumstances again. In God's presence, we don't scheme and connive, we surrender to the promises of God. In God's presence, we, we uh, start to see our troubles to become small because our God is so great. In God's presence, our shame is covered with His love and acceptance over our lives. And this is where Jacob finds himself. It's a place where he desperately needs to go in order to go to the next phase of his life. To, uh, to see destiny dramatically changed and um, adjusted. He needs to go to God and experience the presence of God. David had the same experience. He went back to, to God's presence every time that he was in trouble, that he was at a place of active rest even, a place where he had to go back to the drawing board. Um, a time when the city that um, of um, uh, Ziglag was um, actually conquered by um, his enemies and, um, and he realized that his men is going to... Um, you know, come against him um, because their children and wives were taken from the city. David immediately chose to rather go back to God. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed as he realized that, you know, his men is only going to be uh, disheartened and uh, furious against him. And he was with his back against the wall. For the people spoke, of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul each for his sons and daughters but David and this is beautiful remember these words but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God now you know we had discipleship um, meetings this week and again we were just working through um, John chapter 7 and uh, for me the same pattern um, that I saw in Jesus's life. So uh, chapter 7 starts off by saying that Jesus's brothers didn't even believe in him. Um, and we know this for being true because, uh, you know, there was two brothers of his, James and Jude, that uh, only came to repentance and to believe in him after um, the upper room experience, after his death. So the whole time they were skeptical about um, his existence and then in chapter 7 we see the whole story unfolds where um, chapter 7 explains to us that you know the, the people are wondering is he really the son of God and they started to doubt about you know does he do enough miracles to confirm that he's the Messiah is he really the Christ uh, should he not be from Bethlehem uh, should he not be from the root of David if he wants to be the Messiah? Is he not just only from Galilee? And, um, 
you know, and, and in John 7 verse 29, we see that Jesus is only concerned by what his father thinks of him. Uh, verse 29 of chapter 7, it says, I know him for I come from him and he sent me. Jesus is not concerned about the opposition or people's doubts about his calling and destiny and purpose. He's not intimidated even by, um, by them doubting him. He knew that the only thing that concerns him is that the Father is pleased with him and that he's doing the agenda of the Father. For some of us at this time, I want to say to you, it's time to get rid of all the negative voices in your life and the people that are asking questions about who you are and wants to define you even and redefine you and even put you in a box you know the promises that God has for your life. You know the, the moments of active rest now where God even reveals itself, himself to you in a clearer way. Um, Jesus was only setting himself on what the Father said. John 7 verse 30 says, So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. And I was, I was reminded again that, you know, Jesus could not even be touched because God's promises over his life had to fulfill in a certain time. And he was at peace that he would be safe in God's hands. People could not touch him. People could not even define him while he was in the hands of the Father, spending time with the Father. No man can determine your destiny. Um, you know, in that same chapter, verse 51 to 52, they were challenging Cornelius, um, because Cornelius started to stand up for Jesus after his encounter in the middle of the night with Jesus. Um, you know, he was now starting to turn against the, the rest of the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he was busy um, choosing the side of Jesus. And they were busy warning him. In verse 51, it says, Does our Lord judge a man without first, and this is Cornelius um, coming up for Jesus, a man with at first giving him a hearing and learning what he does and they replied are you from galilee too and this is actually really belittling um, nicodemus's contribution saying are you also from that little small town now are you also now considering yourself as being part of that group are you also thinking as small as they do Search and see that no prophet arise from Galilee. And this is a challenge because people, um, even in the house of God, will sometimes come against you and belittle the promises that God has for you. They will challenge you um, to, uh, to, to familiarize themselves with you being just an ordinary person. You can't amount to anything. But you know what? God has big things in store for your life because he's created you for a purpose. As long as we can get to that place of Bethel, that place where we come to the house of God, the place of rest, his habitation, the place where he is present, we will be at a safe space. Um, no man can determine your um, destiny. And, uh, so in John 7 verse, uh, verse 53 to um, 
to even chapter 1, verse 1. It, uh, it's for me the answer of this whole conversation that Jesus had in chapter 7 with um, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the, um, the brothers around him, those who doubted him, those who were wondering, is he really the Messiah as he claims to be? And it says in chapter 7, verse 53, they went each to the, his own house, their own habitation, their own place of rest, their own place of familiarity, their old ways of doing that they've always known. After all of these discussions with Jesus, they went back to the things that they are familiar with. But it says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And, uh, and it only struck me this week that Jesus actually knew where to find his habitation. He would not go back to his own house. He would go back to the Mount of Olives, the place where he spent time with God, where he inquires from God, where he finds out what the agenda of God is, where he encounters the presence of God, because that is the place of rest for Jesus. And my question to you is, are you finding your rest back in your own house and your own place of habitation? Or are you going to Bethel, the place where Jacob had to return even to go and um, hear the promises of God, to go and reaffirm the things that God has in store for his life? Now, I want to end off this morning by just reminding you, the place of active rest for us is first of all to reassess, challenge the old ways in your life that um, you are even longing for in this time of lockdown. Uh, my a healthy question would be at this time, what would be the first thing that you will do after lockdown? What is the thing that you miss so much that you can't wait that lockdown stop now because you want to do that? Is that a thing that is consecrated to God? Is it something about God's promises in your life that you will want to um, return to? You know, Jacob um, came to a place where his past um, was haunting him. Every time that things were going well with um, Jacob, his brother Esau would return in his life. The shame of the past but also the destiny and purpose. Within that shame lies the promises of God for Jacob. Um, but he had to deal with it. He had to face it. Remember that for Jacob, it meant that he was not the firstborn, but he sometimes felt that it was uh, unfair because they were twins and he was just too late to be the firstborn. And so he had to trick, the, trick his brother um, in order to uh, to get the favor of God upon his life. It was almost as if he always had to work and strife and um and 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 fight for his inheritance. And every time God brings him back to the place of rest, the place of promise. Now for you it might be different. Um this place of reassessment might mean that you must deal with the poverty mentality in your life. You must maybe stop being the victim and always uh, choosing to, um, to blame other people for the wrongdoing in your life and start to believe in God's promise for your life. 
Maybe you've got a sinful lifestyle and God says, stop. It's time to reassess and come to his promises. Um, maybe it's just stubbornness. You know, just always trying to follow your own head and your own um, thing. Uh, maybe it's shame like Jacob that you need to uh, focus on. A, a shame that, that hinders you to believe that you can amount to anything. Um, maybe it's just not walking in the authority and destiny that God has for your life. Then you need to go to the Mount of Olives. You need to go to the place of Bethel, the place where God's favor that he um, is bestowing upon your life, his promises is poured out on you again. Um, for some, it's even, you know, stop believing in what others might think of you. Uh, this, the bad self-image that you have of yourself. But Jacob had to admit in verse 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. You know, it's a, it's a time of reassessment, but you need to run to God. You need to get into that place where everything changed when you meet with him. Secondly, repent. Get rid of the things that is not of God um, and does not belong even to the next season that he wants to take you in. And repent means to put behind, get rid, uh, to change your ways, uh, to readjust to the promises that God has for your life. And then thirdly, to reset. Um, Jacob had to plant a memorial stone. And I want to tell you, the memorial stone was not just to remind himself of the encounter with God, but to stretch his faith, to remind him of what God has in store for him in the future. So every time he and his generations to follow can remind themselves of the faith of God in their lives and God's promise. I remember years ago, I was struggling. I was just, um, um, you know, uh, uh, um, out of uh, school into varsity and I was leading a, um, a missions team. And, and at the time, we didn't have money for, for the outreaches that God wanted to do. And the people were bringing in their funds, but it didn't go so well. And, you know, we had big plans, you know, amazing things that God wanted to do. And at a stage... You know, I was really in a faith crisis. I said, God, we, we've got all these things planned, but we don't have the money to fulfill them. And, um, and God said, okay, take a bottle, write all the things that you want for this mission on a piece of paper and throw it into the sea. I remember standing on the beach and I, I threw it into uh, the waves. And, and God said, let this be a reminder to you of my promise that I will look after you and that you will have all the finances that is necessary and even more to, um, to, 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 to do the mission that I've called you to. You know what? That was not just a, um, a hopeful thinking um, moment. It was actually every time that I was starting to doubt in God's faithfulness, um, God was reminding me of that memorial stone. That thing that happened so that I could strengthen my faith 
in him, that I can trust in him. Um, and for some of you, it's time of memorial stones. Active rest means you must go and meet with God and make certain um, commitments to him. You know, with the first dream of Jacob, it, it even meant that he had to make a promise to God that, you know, God, you said you're going to bless me. So I will tithe as long as I live so that I can remind myself of your faithfulness and that I can also um, give to you what is due to you. But God, I want to do it because it's a memorial stone. It's a faith stretch for me. And I want to say to you guys, you know, it's a time in these um, times of active rest. It means that it's a time where you need to reset your thinking of the past and come to the promises of God and make some memorial stones in front of God. Use communion, use a time well spent with him so that he can speak right into your life. Um, because it uh, reset it means that you are focusing forward. You start to dream again. You start to believe in those dreams. Um, you see the need and the opportunities around you and you start to act upon it. It means that you're going to even sit down and, and reset your old thinking and, and prioritize new things and, um, and commit to new things that God has in store for your life. Um, I want to ask you, don't be in presumption. Um, you know, when it comes to reset and it comes to uh, going to actions, often we run ahead of ourselves. Um, we start to to do things just because we are so excited about what God said to us. And we miss being in step every little um, part of the way. And I want to say to you this morning that pre uh, reset does not mean that you and I just wildly start to now make plans and start to fulfill them. It means that active rest brings us to a place where we define even the things that God wants to do in our lives so that we don't miss him. And um, one thing that we do know is that he says he will always be with us. And that is so clear for me in Jacob's meetings with God is every time God reaffirms to him, I will be with you. This dream is much greater than you will ever imagine. And it's well beyond um you know, your generation, uh, but just stick to it. Just uh, pray those things into being. For some of you, it means that you are not going to even see the promises of God because your future generations will. They will benefit from the promises and the memorial stones that you are making at this moment. Um, and verse 15, it says, Behold, I'm with you and I will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised you. Let's pray together. Father God, I want to pray in this time of active rest, really for a encounter with you. Father, I want to pray that each one of us will experience a, a total revelation. Um, Father, of our old ways, a reassessment of our old ways. Father God, I want to pray that we will once again um, just think of the things that we are doing, 
and um, and if you are not challenging it and um, and giving us new wine to embrace father that we will come to a place of repentance of humility in front of you and father most of all that we will be able to reset our ways of doing in order to fulfill your promises father we know that you are faithful and that you speak to us at this time we want to ask that you will not stop doing so that uh, father at this time you will make yourself known to us for those father that that can't hear your voice that are complaining that they they feel they are spending time with you and and yet it feels like they are not hearing you your voice clearly i pray that they will especially have encounters with you at this time like never before that you will reveal your heart to them like never before father give them um, jacob ladder moments father places where you will come and wrestle with them and uh, and put memorial stones in their journey with you that will adjust their lives forever in the name of jesus amen i want to thank you for for uh, just being with us this morning and for spending time with us for making the commitment to actually uh, engage with the word of god to actually make a commitment not to to lock down but to at uh, to 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 um, connect and to uh, to seek the will of god if you need any prayer this morning if you need any ministry any anything that you just want to even talk to somebody about i want to encourage you to follow the link that um, that is part of this um, post and slot into a zoom conversation with some of our facilitators so that we can pray with you that we can trust god to um, to reveal his heart and his voice to you to have some special bethel moments with you um, and um, don't hesitate to contact us or even to chat with us on our chat at shofaronline.uk um, but engage don't isolate yourself don't let this time of lock lockdown isolate you from what god wants to do in your life this is a time not of rest but active rest <laughs> Um, which means that we are seeking, pursuing His will for our lives. Amen.